You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing great out there in Cougar Nation. Plenty to get to ahead on today's edition of Locked On Cougars. Offers flying around from BYU football, BYU basketball. We'll recap of the bevy of offers that went out yesterday. We'll also catch up part two of our conversation with Cannon DeVries from Weber High School. A little bit more about what interests him about going to BYU. A little bit more about his background as a player, the style he plays with. Plenty more on that front. We'll hear from him. And of course, we'll continue on with our 100 seasons of BYU football. Looking at 1935, how did the Cougars do? What did they do after dropping to below 500 for the first time under Ott Romney? We'll examine all of that ahead on today's show. Today's title sponsors are good friends at rockauto.com amazing selection reliably low prices all of the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on sent you to check them out all right friends well, let's dive in and get going here this is the locked on cougars podcast for may 6th 2021 What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on all things BYU right here with Locked On Cougars. Hopefully you guys have done so already, but if you haven't, please make sure to hit that follow button, whether you're brand new or have been listening for a little while. Hit that follow button, that way you never miss an episode every single day. We do this podcast five days a week, Monday through Friday, and every so often we even extend it into the weekend. This past weekend with the NFL Draft, we did a Saturday edition. I am not opposed to doing more episodes if there's enough information out there, and today's show is absolutely jam-packed. Coming up here in B-Block, the second segment will catch up with Cannon DeVries. We talked to him yesterday, a little bit about his decision to commit to BYU, etc. Part two of that conversation coming up here in just a little bit. But let's start off with our 100 seasons of BYU football. We've been counting them down. 100 seasons that BYU has played, using it as a way to get through the offseason and get to the 2021 BYU football season. For those of you who may be tuning in for the first time or may have just uh, missed out on what we've been talking about previously. So we started in 1896. We went through 1899. BYU then paused football for the better part of two decades before resuming play in 1922. And since then, we've been doing breakdowns of every season since that time. Today, we're talking talking about 1935. The Cougars under G. Ott Romney, who is now entering his eighth season overall, if I'm not mistaken, were an up-and-down squad once again. We talked yesterday on the podcast, and we do this every single day, but we talked yesterday about how Ott Romney suffered his first sub-500 record season in 1934. Obviously, he'd like to bounce back from that. We talked also about the depleted roster that he found himself 
inherited, well, not inheriting, but he found himself with after a lot of guys who really contributed at a high level during the heyday of the Cougars during this era in 1932 and 1933. Well, when they move on, obviously you got to replace that talent, and it was a multi-years-long replacement that went into effect. We'll talk about this as we progress, 1936-1937 onwards, but the 1935 squad, I think there was two pivotal things that fans need to know about this season. First of all, Eddie Kimball was brought on as the freshman coach, the freshman football team coach this year. Eddie Kimball, as many of you might recall, or maybe you don't, we'll talk about this here in a few days. He was the coach who succeeded G. Ott Romney as head coach of the BYU football program. Eddie Kimball, some of you may have remembered from recent episodes, was also a standout player for the Cougars during his playing days. He will go on to become the first BYU alum to be head coach at Brigham Young University. G. Ott Romney, for example, applied his trade to the University of Utah, then came to BYU you from Montana State. So Eddie Kimball joins the staff this year as the freshman football coach, and that sets the stage for him eventually to succeed Ott Romney here in a couple of seasons. Also on the field, BYU, very much a tough team but found themselves dealt a tough hand multiple times during this year. The Cougars in 1935 went 4-4 overall. They were 3-4 in the Rocky Mountain Conference, placing them 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7th in the conference, tied with Wyoming, both of them with a 3-4 conference record, a 4-4 record overall. So let's break down how things went. Montana State was BYU's opener in Bozeman, and this obviously is a sore spot for Ott Romney, I would imagine, is facing his former team. He had done this during his entire tenure at BYU. He was a longtime coach up there at Montana State. Set the framework, funny enough, for them to win a national title in basketball and then depart BYU before they got onto the national stage. But nonetheless, he had never lost to Montana State during his seven seasons previous to this as the head coach of the Cougars. But for the first time as a head coach at BYU, Ott Romney lost to his former team, Montana State, in a 7 nothing grinder. BYU the following week came home for their home opener beat Colorado Teachers 19-3, then went to Colorado College, a team that BYU traditionally had beaten, but their PAT game failed them. Obviously, during this era, kicking not necessarily as reliable as it is in this modern day. The Cougars lost a tight one in their second home game of the season, 13-12 against Colorado College. The next week, they went to Wyoming, playing at Corbett Field there in Laramie, and got a late touchdown pass late in the game to go ahead 13-6, which ended up being the final margin. So the Cougars at the halfway point of their season sit at 2-2. Two and two. The following week was their rivalry game. They hosted Utah in Provo and summarily lost 32 to nothing. During this era, BYU seemingly couldn't do anything right when it came to facing off against the Utes and lost yet another rivalry game. The following week, they went and beat their perennial whipping boy, Western State, 21-2. The beating not necessarily as bad as it normally was. BYU, uh, if I'm not mistaken, never lost to Western uh, Western State during this era. And then BYU followed that up with their final two games of the season. At Utah State, the Cougars went north and lost for a second straight year, getting shut out in a downpour, according to the record what I, of what I read. 27 to nothing. BYU just unable as the Farmers at the time. Now the Aggies really just did them in. But the good news was that BYU followed it up with a win in their series, uh, not series finale, season finale 
going to Arizona State at Irish Field in Tempe, Arizona, and shutting out the Sun Devils 13 to nothing. So a very, very good way to finish off the year against what would eventually become one of your whack rivals for a time, and then obviously a member of the Pac-10, now the Pac-12. You always want to get a win over ASU, and BYU will have that opportunity to do that once again this coming year. But good to see them finish off the season as they finish off 4-4. Four and four. Obviously, some tough, close calls in some of these games. Probably could have turned the tide for BYU, and they could have had a very nice season. You think about it. PAT game doesn't fail them. They probably beat Colorado College. They can find a way to score. Maybe they down Montana State. They were right there in it, and that would add two wins. All of a sudden, you're sitting at 6-2. and two. There's a very different feel instead of a 4-4 four and four record. But nonetheless, in 1935, Eddie Kimball, who would eventually become the head coach in just a few short years, joins the staff. The Cougars are a middling program once again under Giot Romney and it seems to me and we'll talk more about this tomorrow on the podcast on Friday's edition about the end of Giot Romney's tenure and it seems like after that high water mark in 1932 when they went eight and one obviously it's just a very very special season you would have thought coming off that season the BYU was poised to go to new heights but it appears that the roster turnover ultimately did Ott Romney in. Like I said, we'll talk more about this in coming days as Eddie Kimball takes over, but some interesting notes. So obviously, not the season that anybody probably envisioned for the Cougars, but a bunch of tough losses in 1935. None more so than losing to both of your chief rivals, speaking of Utah and what was then uh, Utah Agricultural College, now Utah State. You would have liked to have won those games, but to their credit, both of those teams finished near the top of the Rocky Mountain Conference. Utah State was 5-1-1 in conference. Utah 4-1-1 in conference ahead of BYU. But you'd like to have some rivalry wins along the way. Alright, coming up here in just a minute though, we will catch up part two of my conversation with Cannon DeVries from Weaver High School. We talked to him yesterday about his commitment to BYU. Had a few other topics that we touched on that I felt like we probably should play on the podcast. So part two of that conversation with Cannon coming up here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at rockauto.com guys no matter what it might be for your vehicle rock auto has the parts for it whether it's a classic a car you're fixing up your daily driver they've got it all for you guys you guys can go to their catalog it's unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all of the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands specifications and prices that you prefer best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers or in my case as I like to say, a try-it-yourselfer. Give it a shot, guys. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com? Check them out now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Make sure to write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that way they know that we sent you guys amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV could ever need. Check them out at rockauto.com. All right, friends, joined once again by Cannon DeVries, a Weber High School student athlete, a great player, a guy who does it all. We had him on yesterday's podcast to talk about his decision to commit to BYU. But Cannon, continuing on with our conversation here, obviously BYU is coming off an absolutely stellar 11-1 record. They went ranked number 11 in the final AP poll of the year last year. How much did their stellar showing in 2020 play into your decision to decide, you know what? That's what I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of the BYU football program if they're doing just that. You you can see right now just how 
big BYU's program is getting um, with all these new transfers coming in. And you can tell that BYU is a school that people want to come and play at and it, uh, that they compete, can compete against the best of the best in college football. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say that that directly had an effect on my decision of going there. Um, my de- decision really came down to go to a school where you feel, feel wanted and um, the BYU staff and everyone there really made me feel like they wanted me there. Um, and so that is what really played the factor of where I'm going. Who is your main recruiter from BYU? Who's the coach you talk to the most? Um, so I have, I've had multiple conversations with like really almost the whole coaching staff, but my main two recruiters, I would say is, um, coach Kalani Sataki and then coach Ed Lamb. Okay. Uh, coach Lamb now coaching the safeties down there. He was the linebacker coach also does special teams. What are your conversations with him been like? Yeah. So, uh, we just, we've actually just got to know each other really well. And he kind of tells me like the expectations that they have for their players there and just kind of what he does in the coaching, um, to get me to where I'm an athlete. So he like is kind of the one that best suits me for positions is where he thinks I can best perform at. Okay. And when it comes to BYU, Obviously, they had a really, really good offense last year. Do you have a preference? If, if you had to pick today going to BYU, would you prefer, prefer to play offense? Or would you like to go to defense? Which side would you like to play on? Uh, to be honest, like, oh, I, I wish I could just play both ways, but uh, <laughs> really, I, I don't know if I could choose. I just love them both so much. Um, like, I go and play in these seven-on-sevens, and I, I go and score all these touchdowns at receiver and and get a few picks. So I'm like, I don't know. I just am still in the middle. Um, so really that wherever they think I best can um, fit in the program and help the team out is where I'll play. You're a true old school player. You want to play both ways. You want to come off the field, right? Yes, sir. So uh, remind me, who do you play for seven on seven wise? So I play for the Pink Outlaws. Okay. Uh, they're part of the Level Up organization with Trey and T.O. Um, I don't know how to say their last name. Wolfen Galway. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's awesome. You guys have had a pretty good 7-on-7 seven seven, uh, season based on what I have seen so far. You guys have been traveling kind of around the, the western region, but you guys have been performing at an extremely high level. Yeah, it's been really fun um, to go and compete against like the best of the best kids and really uh, showcase the state of Utah. Okay, can you explain the nickname Pink Outlaws? I think some people wonder, okay, why in the world are these guys are the Pink Outlaws of all things? Yeah, so uh, we actually do it to, um, like, pay tribute, tribute to uh, those people that, like, are struggling with cancer and who have lost their lives to cancer. So, um, And we, we name ourselves LT Vitua. So Coach Paula Baitua, he uh, recently lost his son, LT, um, to cancer. And so we, we named our team after him to kind of just give back to Paula and everything that he has done for Level Up and everything. So, um, yeah, it's, it's for a great cause. And so... 
Well, that's fantastic. I think it's an inspiring story. And I'll tell you what, when I see you guys, your highlights from different things, it's, you're very clear. It's exactly, you know exactly who you're watching when you see the pink outlaws out there. She has wearing those bright pink uniforms. It, it stands out. I can tell you that much. Yes, sir. And that's also a good reason too, is, um, when we go to these tournaments, we want people to know, uh, who they're playing and we want to stand out because we want to be the team that everyone watches and, uh, um, strives to be like, so. Is that something that excites you about a team like BYU? Obviously they're an independent program, but they play a truly national schedule. They play all over the country. Is that a draw for you knowing, Hey, we can go get some notoriety playing for the Cougars. Yeah, for sure. Um, you look at their upcoming schedule and it is, it's like the best of the best teams. And, uh, you can't find a better fan base than BYU. Um, they're everywhere you go and play in a stadium, like all the way across the States. And they're still going to have a packed full uh, stadium with BYU fans. So uh, we definitely have the best fans in the nation for sure. What was the response like on social media when you announced that were BYU fans all over your mentions? Yeah, for sure. It was, it was crazy. Just all these BYU fans liking it and retweeting it and shooting me some text messages. And uh, yeah, it was awesome. What was your family's response? What, what, what did they think? Obviously, you mentioned the fact that you've got Aggies, you've got Utah State uh, blood in your family line. What was your family, I guess, immediate, both extended family, what was their reaction when you picked the Cougars overall? They, they were so excited. I um, got on a FaceTime call with everyone on my mom's side, and I'm pretty sure my grandma almost threw her phone up in the air. Um, they, were, they were all going crazy when I told them the good news, and same with my dad's side. They still uh, supported me with every decision I made, and uh, so, yeah, it was really awesome to have, for them to have my back. Well, Kenan, I'm glad to hear that, and I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to join us here on the podcast. Looking forward to catching up with you down the road a little bit as the season gets a little bit closer. Obviously, signing day on its way, and we'll talk again soon, all right? Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me on today. It was great to meet you and get to talk to you for a little bit. There you have it, Kenan DeVries, Weber High School, and his grandma almost threw her phone in the air celebrating him committing to BYU. I can tell you this much, folks, working in the industry that I am in, seeing guys live out their dreams, whether it's a guy going from high school to college in the case of what we just talked about with Cannon or in the case of what we've been talking about all week long with the NFL draft, guys going to the professional ranks, they're living a dream. Plain and simple, their family members understand the sacrifices that these players have made, and many of those sacrifices will never see the light of day. And Cannon can't thank him enough for taking the time. It was a great conversation with him. If you missed either part of it, go back to yesterday's podcast. You can catch part one. That was part two of our conversation. And I'm looking forward to seeing Cannon on the field for BYU down the road. Hopefully, he can put on that weight he's been talking about, play a little bit heavier this fall, and then obviously, once he gets to BYU after his mission, he can start to gain that weight whether he contributes on the offensive or defensive side of the ball well based on what I have seen from him playing at Weber High School BYU is getting a very very exceptional athlete to add to their roster and once again a congratulations to Cannon and the entire DeVries family on his commitment to play for the BYU football program alright coming up here in just a few moments we'll catch you guys up on a lot of other news involving BYU offers going out in BYU football and BYU basketball the men's volleyball program seeking a national title opens the NCAA tournament tonight 
plenty to touch on. We'll get on to all of it here in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at betonline.ag, folks. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including baseball, NBA, NHL. Their playoffs are upcoming. Also, your UFC and MMA action, if you're interested in that, they've also got that available to you. Essentially, anything and everything you might want to bet on, betonline.ag has the answer for you. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to and in the playoffs. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus when you make your first deposit using the promo code Locked On. You heard that right, a 50% welcome bonus courtesy of our friends at BetOnline. They're giving away free money, folks. Take advantage of it now. That's all courtesy of BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, friends, before we go here on a Thursday, I've got good and bad news for you guys. The bad news, we'll start off there. The good news comes second. Isaiah Brockington, the transfer from Penn State, who had listed BYU among his finalists, has ultimately decided that Iowa State, yes, he is headed to Iowa State to play his collegiate basketball for the remainder of his eligibility. Tough loss for BYU basketball. And I've seen some BYU fans, by the way, just on a side note here, grumbling about the fact that BYU has yet to land a grad transfer in this current transfer market. Well, here's the deal. The transfer market is absolutely, the portal itself is saturated with talent right now. There are a lot of different guys with a lot of different skill sets out there. And I know this for a fact. The BYU staff is being very diligent about evaluating all prospects, all the guys that they might have interest in. They're doing their homework on them. And they're chasing the guys as best they possibly can. They're not alone, though. There are hundreds. I mean, there are literally hundreds of programs out there. Division One has 353 teams, give or take one or two, in the Division One ranks. That's literally hundred, hundreds of programs, folks, who are also chasing grad transfers. So BYU has their work cut out for them. And it's unfortunate that Isaiah Brockington decided that Iowa State was where he wants to go. Maybe he wants to stay in that power six, quote-unquote, level. BYU plays at just, a high, just as high as level, in my personal opinion. But nonetheless, best of luck to Isaiah Brockington. Up next, though, BYU has issued an offer to Dusan Mohorcic. I hopefully pronounced that correctly, but he's a different player than Isaiah Brockington. Brockington was a wing player, a 3 and D guy, who really thought could help stretch the floor, be an, an on-ball defender. Well, Mohorcic is a six foot ten forward out of Illinois State, and he would be kind of that sweet shooting big man who can kind of compliment a guy like maybe Matt Harms, if he ultimately decides to come back, or Richard Harward, who is ne- not necessarily a guy who's going to step out and hit a bucket, Harward is best when he's playing within about five feet of the hoop. Well, Mahorchich is more of a guy who can step out, hit a shot, but also has the size at six foot ten to defend forwards, centers, that type of stuff. I think BYU could do a lot worse than adding the likes of a Dusan Mahorchich, but we'll have to wait and find out. He did uh, issue a statement, I guess not a statement, a tweet he tweeted out on social media announcing that he received that offer from BYU. He did tag Chris Burgess 
in this, and that pretty much means that Chris Burgess is the lead recruiter in this instance. That's actually a great guy to have doing it. Burgess is a big man himself. Six foot eleven, has played uh, big man positions both at the pro level and the collegiate level. He coaches BYU's big men alongside Mark Pope. There is no better person to go out and recruit Mr. Mahorchich than Chris Burgess. Here's hoping that BYU can lock him down. He is a Serbian native uh, coming from Illinois State, but hey, we'll have to wait and find out. But just trust me when I say this, BYU is doing their work. They're trying to find guys. Don't think they're slacking off saying, oh, that's kind of a cool guy. Let's look at him. No, they're combing the portal every single day, trying to find the right guys to add to their program. And I've got faith in short order that Mark Pope and his staff will have guys that have committed to them from the transfer portal and all will be right with the universe. Now on to BYU football. Two offers went out yesterday that I am aware of. If I missed a couple of them, I apologize. It's hard to keep track. Keep track of these all the time. Let's start off with the grad transfer market. And that is that BYU has offered grad transfer offensive lineman Jalen Guerrero out of New Mexico State. Guerrero is a former starter at right tackle for the Aggies. Six foot six, 300 pound athlete. And it sounds like he is planning on making a decision very, very quickly. As in May 15th. Next week, he wants to make a decision. He said that BYU has reached out to him, obviously issuing him that offer. He has also got other offers, according to what I read, from Utah State, Southern Miss, Louisiana Tech, Louisiana Monroe, and Fresno State, among others. We'll see what happens. I think BYU understands that having another body, another accomplished player, a guy who has already played at the Division I level to help bolster their offensive line, particularly at offensive tackle, is very important. Obviously, they're combing through the portal. Coach Daryl Funk, the offensive line coach, did issue this offer to Guerrero, and we'll have to wait and find out. But I think it's very evident, and I've talked about this when we did some of our position, uh, what do we call them, debriefings. That's what we were doing in January. If you want to go back and listen to it, when we talked about the offensive line, I really felt like the tackle situation was very, very thin, and I think this is evidence that the coaching staff realizes that as well. Uh, We'll have to wait and see what happens with Guerrero, but it sounds like he is planning on making a decision quickly, and we'll see if BYU is where he ultimately wants to go. Another offer was issued to a prep athlete here locally, Carson Tabarachi, an athlete at Park City High School, 6'2", 225 pounds, and having seen Tabarachi play multiple times covering preps for my radio station. He is an incredible athlete. Great size. Like I said, 6'2", 225. You can envision him playing linebacker at the next level. He's just, he's a very, very accomplished athlete. And my personal gut feeling is that BYU will not uh, be one of his finalists. I just kind of get the vibe that he wants to go out of state and play his collegiate football. But we'll have to wait and see. But BYU did issue that offer. Aaron Roderick apparently was the one issuing the offer to Tabarachi. Alright, a couple other notes before we go here. Tonight in action is BYU Baseball as they open a series at San Diego. The Toreros, one of the true powerhouses in the West Coast Conference. BYU Baseball has their work cut out for them. That game is set to first pitch at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. Radio broadcast on the BYU Sports Network. Greg Bell will be on the call on 107.9 FM and also the BYU Cougars app if you want to stream it. I am unaware of any live video feed, unfortunately, so radio is probably going to be your best bet in that regard. 
regard. Then also tonight, a huge showdown. Men's volleyball, the number two seed in the NCAA tournament, takes on Lewis, the Flyers, in their NCAA semifinal. That is scheduled for 6 p.m. Mountain Time back there in Columbus, Ohio. There is a live stream link on NCAA Live. You go to BYUCougars.com and get the link there. Lewis, funny enough, has one national championship in their history as a, as a college volleyball program. It just so happens that BYU was the runner-up that year in 2003 that bookended BYU's uh, final, I guess not final, their most recent national championship, which they won in 2004 after being the runner-up in 2003. Cougars also won it in 1999 and 2001. They want to end the slide. BYU has been to the national championship multiple times and come up short in recent years. Nearly two decades on from that last national championship, there is no time like the present for the Cougars to go out and win it. They will have to get past Lewis, obviously, who is 21-2 on the season, and then probably are going to have to face number one-ranked Hawaii. Hawaii has lost once, exactly once on the season, to UC San Diego in a stunner in the Big West uh, semifinals of their conference tournament. I think the Rainbow Warriors and BYU have been on a a collision course all season long. I am looking forward to that match. It will be Saturday night is when it will be played on ESPNU, but BYU men need to take care of business tonight against Lewis to make it to that match. So there you go. That's everything you need to know here on a Thursday about all the BYU sports that I can think of. If I miss something, hey, that's why we do a podcast every day and we'll cover it tomorrow. Make sure to follow the show on social media for all the latest news with regards to the podcast and also everything with regards to BYU sports. Search us out. Locked on on Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch. Love hearing from you guys. Also, feel free to email the show anytime. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. One note for you guys. Many of you have reached out and asking, hey, Jake, why isn't the Apple Podcast feed updating? Well, if you're hearing this, obviously you've had a different way to listen to the podcast, whether it's on the brand new Odyssey app, you downloaded Spotify. Let me just surmise it like this. Apple did a quote-unquote update to their podcast system and in essence, in my opinion, broke it. It's not working properly. I apologize for the snafu, but I'm hoping that Apple can get things rectified as soon as possible. But in the meantime, yes, please use a different app. Spotify, Odyssey, there are a million different ones out there. Pocket Cast, Overcast, man, there's just a million different podcast providers. In the interim, give them a shot. Maybe you'll like them more than you like the Apple native podcast app. But in the meantime... I am quite angry about Apple screwing things up, but hoping that in short order we'll be back in working order on the Apple podcast side of things. That's just a note for you guys if you're wondering about that. All right, that's going to do it. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this, by the way. Hope you guys are all doing fantastic out there in Cougar Nation. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow. We kick off our Fan Friday editions of the show, an off-season staple here on the podcast. Sterling Young will be our first guest host on a Fan Friday, talking about his BYU fandom, what he likes about BYU football, his thoughts on the 2020 season. We'll talk about it all ahead on tomorrow's show. Until then, have a great day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 6th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.